Hi friends, it's your host Krista Janine and we are back for season two of Trauma and Triumph. This season is going to bring you more amazing stories from women who have experienced trauma in their lives and used it to find triumphant victories on the other side. Today's story is featuring London Gregory and how she's used past relationships to find her true sense of self and how she authentically navigates the world today. So we're going to dive right on in. So thank you so much for being here and sharing your day with us during this time. Just tell your story and how your trauma has helped kind of your journey to triumph today. So the first question that always gets us going. So what is one trauma-centered event in your life that you feel has been one of the most pivotal for you? Honestly, Krista, I have many. <laughs> right. so I just, Don't we all? <laughs> to the next, my sister's always like, you just get back up. That's one thing you can, you know, come back. So I would say my latest one, um, which rocked me to the core where I went to therapy was my latest breakup. It was about a year ago, um, last April, right after my line sister's wedding. And uh, long story short, I found out that I was dealing with someone who was living a double life. And it felt almost impossible. Like you feel crazy when all these things surface and you're just like, but how, but how did you have the time? It doesn't make sense, right? Getting a call from someone coming to you, woman to woman, right? And you're just like, what? Uh I couldn't stop crying. And I was like, in the middle of buying a new house, starting new jobs, a lot of life changes. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to get through this unless I call for help. Normally I can just, you know, do all the things you do when you break up with someone, right? Let me date someone else. Let me go out all the time. I'm, I would drink and smoke my smoke it all, you know, like Solange would say, but I was like, I can't cranes in the sky. This one, I gotta figure it out. Um, so yeah, that was the big, the big one about a year ago. And I saw help. And then why do you feel like that breakup in particular was more pivotal for you and really like made you decide to go to therapy because of it? Yeah, I think it was just the feeling crazy because this wasn't the first time. Like when I was talking to the other girl, she was crying, like, I can't believe this happened to me, you know we have been together this long. And I'm just like, girl, this ain't my first rodeo. (laughs) Like I have dated the same person in a different body over and over and over again. And so I felt crazy because I'm like, I thought I learned this lesson. I thought I chose better this time. Like what's wrong with me that I keep letting this happen. Um, And in going to therapy, I was able to kind of uncover like some deep, seated stuff that allows me to choose people um that that do these type of things essentially right. um so yeah that's what made this one different because I mean people who know me they know like I got yeah. married very young you know yeah. um got divorced dated several people in between this and I'm like I just keep dating you know people with these uh, signs and symptoms how do I keep ending up in this place yeah 
Yeah. And you know, what's so funny. I feel like a lot of us do that, right? Like I'm in therapy. I love my therapist. Like I, I told you the other day, I was like, if you want my therapist, we would definitely be friends in real life. But that's a big part of our conversation too, is like, I know that I, that I am actually attracted to this type of man, right? Like this is the man that I'm attracted to that I, I like, but I also know that's not the type of person I want to be with. So then for me, it's getting to a space of being like, well, either how do I shift my paradigm or is it just, I'm not just going, I'm not dating men anymore. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, what does that look like for me? Because I don't want to deal with any of that toxicity that comes with the type of people I'm attracted to. But then it, at one point it just like felt hopeless. Cause it's like, I don't want to do that. I do appreciate my peace and like not having to deal with it, but like, I'm not attracted to anything other than this. Right. So like, what has your journey of figuring out that been like, like, what does that look like for you? Cause that's what it looks like for me. <laughs> right. That whole like, well, why do I keep doing this? And then after each one, I would take a break and be celibate and all of that stuff. And it's like, I read something about like, you all have to stop using women as trauma centers, you know, where you dump everything onto her, you know, and then I take on all of this person's stuff and they haven't done the necessary work that they need to do, even though I did a lot of work to even get to a place where I can open my heart again um, Mm -hmm. and start over. So I was like, I need to go to therapy. Otherwise I'm going to shut all the way down. Um, And I needed to cut through the what's wrong with me question. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in that process, I think it was even just the first day, you know, the first day is like intake, like, who are you? What's going on? And I cried so much, even just telling her my backstory into like, where did I start getting this message um, that you're not enough, right? right? Like, why do you keep in relationships trying to um, trying to prove that you're good enough, that you're smart enough, that you can do all these things, that you're wife material, right? Yeah. Um, why are you Why are you set in in this motion? And I broke down and realized that that was my childhood, being the mm-hmm. oldest, being told like you have to set the example. This is not enough. Do better. Do it again, right? So right. being constantly um, critique and trying to prove to any authority figure um, or teachers, you know, just kind of like that teacher's pet um, mentality, right? Of like, I can do better. I can do more. Right. You know, nothing right. is ever enough. Having um, parents who were insatiable, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, and so the term for that is actually called repetition compulsion. So you mm-hmm. are essentially repeating the same pattern because you're trying to change um history it's almost like okay if I can fix this thing with my dad and I was someone who I'm mm-hmm. like I don't have daddy issues but, right um because I didn't have biological father issues I, I had stepfather issues that's another story for another time but yeah. I realized I'm like, if I could fix this thing you know in this other space in this other relationship with other people 
Um, but I kept choosing people who put me through those tests, those never ending tests. Um, and never, never setting boundaries, never realizing like, girl, you know, others would be so lucky to have someone like you who would be willing to do these things. Right, exactly. And I mean, there's a few things there that you said that I think many of us can like resonate with. But the first one is blaming yourself. Like how, why do I keep doing this? And how am I falling back into this pattern? And just taking so much of that ownership on yourself and not understanding one, you're a human being with a lived experience before you even got to the situation that allowed you to be in the situation, right? And two, a lot of the things, and this is why going to therapy and healing your trauma is so important is because we are attracted to the trauma in our life because especially if it's childhood trauma, because that's what we're, that's what makes sense to us. That's what's normal, right? So a perfect example that I used to experience in my relationships is I would date people whose trauma responses were triggers for me. And then my trauma responses were triggers for them. So it's like we were going in this never ending cycle of trauma and we were traumatizing each other and not realizing it because we were just reacting to our trauma, right? So, but people don't don't understand that. But it's like the reason why we both could live in this space is because we had a trauma bond and what we were experiencing was a part of how we grew up and what we knew that love to be, right? But unless you go to therapy and unpack all that shit, then you're gonna keep doing it. You're gonna keep doing it. And there's nothing, and this is why I'm like such a big proponent of therapy because it's like, there's only so much self-diagnostics you can do and only so much you can get yourself through no matter how smart you are, how many tools you got in your toolbox. It's like, sometimes you need to go, and have somebody else do the surgery. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that is so true. Cause I'm someone who I'm like, I can figure out after every time and Google my way through, oh, well, this makes sense. This is what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding what um, different layers of trauma are. I have like this, I have so much empathy for the, for those type of types of things. And that's another reason why I stay within because if someone's mm-hmm. telling you, oh, you know, I went through this growing up and, you know, I, I couldn't tell anybody. They're just laying it on thick. Then I feel like I would be, I would be such a horrible person to leave you after you've divulged yep. all of this to me. You know what I mean? All right. Um, you know, so that, uh, that part made it tough. You know, yeah. it's like, no matter how much, you know, no matter how smart you are, when you're dealing with someone who, or people who are really good at manipulating people's emotions as a means of survival, yeah. it's easy to get caught up in that cycle, right? Yeah. And those women coming to me, this is not the first time a woman has come to me like, I thought he was my man. And I thought I was smarter than this. You know, and a lot of them, unfortunately, have had children, right? Um, gotten married. You know, those those bonds that um, could not be broken. Right. Those for me, I was thanking God that I was able to escape that. But then after that, it's still having to go no contact. Right. I had to watch a bunch of TikTok videos. They call it narc talk where you're (laughs) um, people who uh, even 
uh, suffer from these disorders try to explain the mind of a person who is a master manipulator. Like yeah. this is what gaslighting is. So even being re-triggered, you know, seeing some of that stuff, but also understanding like, okay, so you got to go no contact, no matter how many times he calls you, he calls crying from different numbers. He emails you. I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, it's just trying to get access to the supply again. And it mm-hmm. overall, I had to learn that it's not personal. It, right. It's not personal and it's not my fault. That's what I was able to learn in, in therapy. Yeah. So then what was that like just mental and emotional journey like for you, like as you were going to therapy and healing and realizing certain things that you would have to do in order to like fully heal and survive, move forward? Yeah, it was really tough um, because I'm someone who I like companionship. I like being in relationship. Um, But I also learned that when I'm in it, I forget myself. I, you know, I forget all of my goals and I am focused on the person I'm dating. And that creates resentment when the relationship is over because I'm like, now I was your lover and your secretary. Right. <laughs> right. Um, That's but- the cancer in you, though. I, because I, I know a lot of cancers like that, where it's like, we're like, I'm going to dedicate my whole life to you. Right. And I'm like, Psh. Not no more. Team cancer, (laughs) yes. But boundaries, uh, the process was boundaries. The process was putting up on the board, like you have um, all of these things that you have to do. You are, this is your last year of grad school. You have to do internship. You do not have time to entertain anyone, right? So stay focused, like keep your eyes on your paper. I even wrote myself a note, like, you are not lonely. You are focused. Like it is okay. Um, you know, and that's helped me to be very observant. It's helped me to really focus on my healing. I have never been this focused on myself. I usually throw myself into, um, others, family work, right? This is a really awkward space almost to be like, let me focus on everything London. It almost feels selfish and having to allow, allow for that. But so much good has come out of it. So much healing has come out of it for me. And when I heal myself, what I've been able to notice is that it spreads to everyone in my circle. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a few things there. So the first question I would have as a follow-up is like, when did you really take a moment to understand that being alone doesn't mean you're lonely? Mm. Right. And I know that's like a journey for so many of us, right. Where it's like, nah, I'm alone and I'm by myself, but I am choosing this and I'm not lonely. Like my life is fulfilling. It's not a, it's not a longing for something. It's just a current state of existence. So what was that moment for you? Um, being honest with myself and like confronting those automatic thoughts, you know, or societal pressure about like, you're this old and you need to start thinking about kids and marriage. And I'm like, shut up. You've done that already. Right. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm like, do you know what my credit score is? 
I am not messing right. that up. Right? <laughs> Girl, <laughs> and that's a real, that's a real life. <laughs> you know, um, realizing that I used to be this girl with like a roster, right? Like when I'm after a big breakup and I'm like, I'm dating like seven dudes, right? Right. There was potential for that to happen again. And so I was looking at my phone and I was like, nope, delete, 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 you know, put those boundaries in. You can, you can date people if you want to, but does that serve the purpose, you know, that you have? You said you wanted to be more selective. Um, You said you wanted to do this differently this time. So, and then I'm not lonely because I have so many friends. Like Mm -hmm. I have love and looking at love in, in different ways, looking at platonic love, you know, looking at all this unconditional love I have with some of my sorors who have seen me go through this type of thing over and over and they're like oh this is just London she'll be fine right yeah so yeah I I have whatever I need already so yeah yeah. so what okay let's talk about that though Mm -hmm. people in your life who have seen you in these spaces over and over and over again I know there was a point for me where I like kind of just felt embarrassed Right. And I didn't I didn't even want to talk about like new relationships or if I was getting to know somebody because it's like I was embarrassed about my past relationships to the point where I was like, I don't even want to introduce the fact that I might like somebody. I'm like, yeah, I'm talking to somebody like maybe a little bit like whatever. I'm you know, serious. Right. Because I was so embarrassed about past decisions I had made in regards to my relationship. Because here I am strong, successful, all these things doing life. And I just can't master this relationship thing right so what was that feeling like for you like did you have a sense of embarrassment did you just not like were you tired of people saying like oh she'll be fine like this is just how things happen like what was that kind of like synergy with your friends and family who were seeing you go through this again yeah I was more embarrassed you know for myself and my friends and family were for me you know, yeah. they're like, oh, you got a bleeding heart. This just keeps happening, right? And for me, I'm like, but I thought I was smarter than this. Um, and then coming to understand, like, your friends can only help you to a certain point. That's where therapy had to come in, right? It's like, you need a, you need a third party, a professional from the outside looking in that isn't going to think about that's not going to be able to say I told you so that doesn't have access to everything you did in the past they start at a clean slate with unconditional positive regard right and this is something that I get to do for people on an everyday basis as a counselor so I'm like well I need someone to do it for me and that took a lot of pressure off of my friendships you know and now I'm able to come back in as you know the fun goofy self because I have boundaries with every type of uh relationship um Mm -hmm. but my friends and a lot of them are counselors so I guess that (laughs) plays a part that helps right yeah (laughs) they have been very gracious um with me and understanding um just my process in general and they've been proud and so we've been having conversations about like patterns I've been breaking, you know, like 
being fully transparent about stuff I used to do and things I didn't, you know, there was this guy who came into my life that wanted to um, start something up with me. And there was so much love bombing. There were so many like uh, symptoms of the previous relationship. And I was just like noticing them one by one. And I'm like, mm, this is not going to end well. I do not want to get into anything with you. It's not a good idea. And when I'm telling you, this man was fine. Okay. Right. It's, it, those are usually the ones. <laughs> Tall, dark and handsome. And I was just like, I cannot get involved because it is not a good time for me. It's not a good mm-hmm. time for you. You, sir, you've got a lot of healing you need to do. And if I hadn't gone through all the things that I've gone through, I wouldn't have seen it. I would have yeah. just been like, oh, yeah, we look good together. We should date. Yeah, <laughs> right? This, this Which, and I mean, but let's talk about that, that aesthetic. I, it's so funny because you don't realize that this picture-esque idea you have in your mind is such a determining factor in the things that you will and won't tolerate. And I don't think I ever realized that until one day I was, I was looking at somebody, beautiful chocolate man, but he was so much like my son's father. And I was like, I can't date you. And we, and again, we would look great together on paper. Oh my God, power couple, all the great things that you would want to present to the world, right? That outside world. But then it's like, inside we would both be doing each other a disservice like nothing productive would come from that and I don't think we talk enough about the fact that we keep pushing this narrative of a of an aesthetic Mm -hmm. like I want somebody that looks this way and I want somebody that has x amount of dollars and x degrees and like at the end of the day none of that shit matters if they don't treat you well and if they aren't healed and they allow their trauma to traumatize you but we lean so heavy into that so what was your process of being like yeah I definitely want to be attracted to my significant other but like there's so many other things that I need besides you to be a fine chocolate man (laughs) you know that was hard (laughs) it was hard and um what helped was accountability this time I made it kind of like a group project before I would hide anything that I didn't want my friends to know about any of my exes any of their proclivities their uh their issues our conversations things that any red flags right and I would just breeze right through them and throw them out you know because I wanted this to work so bad what was the one the guy with the uno card he's like you see you see red flags you know, or you see things are getting wild. <laughs> and that's right. exactly what was happening. And I was like, oh, I like him so much. He's spending so much money. You know, he's uh he was buying me stuff and shipping it to the house. I'm just like, oh, this is nice. I get used to this. this but, nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> but on the other hand, there were things that he was going through that I'm like, I feel like I'm standing in the way of his progress, actually, you know, in some ways we were both trying to impress each other. And I'm just like, no, because now I'm taking my eyes off my prize. I have to focus on school and work and all the things, you know, the businesses that I run. And then, you know, with him, it's like he needed a, a new job. You know, he needed to change his living situation. 
if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> you know? um, lots of things. And I was actually, I'm one of those people, I'm gonna throw resources at you. I was, you know, having him meet people, you know, my next door neighbor who works at his same job, who, you know, makes nearly six figures doing what, uh, what he wanted to do. I'm like, hey, he's gonna get you started, you know, and watching him not take any of those resources. I'm like, hmm, this isn't, this isn't going to go anywhere. Like I'm, I'm seeing red flags, seeing that this is merely an aesthetic. Um, and that, that for me, I guess, to answer your question, that was my process. Seeing the forest for the trees, so to speak. Yeah. you know, letting my friends see the text messages or even going as far as like, y'all hear this? This this isn't crazy, right? Right. Let's go check that, you know. Um, even for example, him meeting my um meeting my neighbors and <laughs> my crazy neighbor, he says, So what are your intentions, you know, for London? And he gives this textbook answer, but unfortunately, in my head, I'm like, whoa wrong you know he's just like right she's a wife and she's this and she's that and I want to provide for her and I want to get her a home uh I want to get her a castle and that and I'm like okay but I just bought this house I like my new house I don't want to move right we gotta get you a bigger house I'm like I just got here you know it's things like I felt an anxiety about getting uh taking things forward and actually Mm -hmm dating at this process yeah. like, we, just, we technically just met like you're doing a right lot, you know? right um, and then so and um well I'll let you finish that thought because I have another question about intuition like this regard no because I feel I feel like so often we don't look right we don't listen to our intuition and your intuition be like girl no 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 ma'am no ma'am and we just are like no it's okay girl it's okay <laughs> like it'll be fine. And then your intuition is finally like, can you please just leave this situation? Like yelling at you, like calling you out your name. Like I told you this wasn't going to work six months ago. And if you would just listen to me, we wouldn't be here right now. But what was that process of you of like really starting to listen to that intuition and being like, when my intuition says, no, I got to understand it is no for a reason, even if I don't understand the no right now. Yeah. I feel like that was the big test of like, Let's see if therapy is working for you. Let's see if you can learn that all that glitters is not gold. Let's see, let's see if you know like this is not the right time because you have a million things on your plate and this person wants you to call him every day before he starts work, right? He, You will slip back into all those same patterns you used to do for your exes, being their lover and their secretary, right? Because yes, these yeah. are people you know you, just because you can do that, and you can fit this person into your life and wedge them in doesn't mean that you should, right? Mm. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because that's so important. Can we talk about that for a second? It looks like some people really understand just because you can fit somebody into your life doesn't mean you should. And it doesn't mean you should have to. And I think that's something as women, man, we will bend over backward and any extra little piece of time we can find to dedicate to this other person, we will. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, so often it's not reciprocated in the same manner and in the same way. But we will we will shape shift to make a relationship work. Yes, I am the quintessential shape shifter. And it's crazy because it'll be an out of body experience where I'll hear myself on the phone being whatever this person needs me to be. And I'll just be standing at the phone like, girl, you do not believe any of what you're talking about. <laughs> right? Like you don't, you don't like him like that. He don't even like <laughs> you like that. If you want right. to the brass tacks, right? This is a, this would be cute situation because mm-hmm. I knew each other in high school. He was the athlete, you know, I was um, popular adjacent. I don't want to go into not pop, not popular adjacent. <laughs> we like, don't have to get friends, into it. No, my friends who uh, I'll uh, let them hear this. They know like there's more to that, and I don't want to. I'm trying to like move out of that space, and I've really changed my entire life to be like more like chill and mellow right and so my friends who like they met me after the divorce they met me after um my spirituality had changed and they're like you were what in high school <laughs> like, right, I'm like right. yeah, we don't want to talk about it we don't want to talk about yeah. that right it so this person okay. I say that to say this person saw me as who I was in high school so I'm like you're obsessed with a 17 year old version of me that's really yeah. what's happening here. You're not even dating London who I am now. You know, you, if anything, he was always telling me about like stories from back then and mm-hmm. what he taught me back then. I'm like, but I don't feel like you're really getting to know me now. Right. right. Um, so, yeah. so what has been your big, like, what do you feel like you've gained the most strength in since like your process has begun of healing and how do you feel like it's made you one a better person right and more prepared to date in the future whenever that happens but then all just so just like holistically like with your friendships and like how you navigate the world like how has that kind of elevated you since this situation my biggest strength I guess would be boundaries and patience with myself and not feeling bad for being like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this with you. I don't want to go down this road for myself. Um, And that being okay. Like maybe I don't want to get married. That's okay. Maybe I don't want to have kids. That's okay. You know, like not feeling that I have to succumb to this path because when I first got a divorce, I was just like, well, God, what do you want? I did everything you asked me to do. Right. Right. I I stayed in church. I got married. Like I did what I was supposed to do and it still didn't work. You know, the way it it didn't pan out the way I thought it would. Obviously we were also like very young, but But um, still, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, maybe, you know, it's about charting my own path and not having to feel like you need a man to protect you and provide for you just because, you know, society and even religion has set it up that way. 
if anything, it's heterosexist if we want to get down to, you know. And it's like, what is that really? And not to get off into the woods and like have a theological conversation, but like, it's that concept to me, even in itself is very jarring and like counterproductive to like a healthy relationship because no relationship should be one-sided in any regard, right? You shouldn't just have one job in this relationship and I just have one job in this relationship. Like we should be partners in this. Like even in the Bible, it's like God created a helpmate, not your fucking slave, not your mama, like somebody to help you live life and do the things that life requires in tandem, Mm -hmm. not adjacent to you. So even that concept of like men are supposed to do this and women are supposed to do this, like, no, we are a partnership and whatever this partnership needs, both parties needs to be able to maneuver in that space. Right. So no, I mean, one of the many suitors, I found myself in what I now call the wife Olympics. You know, I'm like, oh no, you're trying me out to be a wife. And it's like, literally, you know, she's going to have my children. And I found myself like going to church with him all the time. And I realized I'm like, I'm not dating you. I'm dating your parents. This is what your parents want for you. You don't even really want this, you know? And then me having that out-of-body experience, I don't even really want this. Like, I don't know if I want to get married. Right. But I'm trying to, my one friend was like, I knew it was crazy because you kept straightening your hair right I'm like right the way he wants me to look let me talk the way he wants me to talk you know let me do everything um to his liking and I realized I wasn't getting anything I wanted out of the situation yeah so then what would you tell somebody else who has had like cyclical relationships that were very similar and finally is at that point where it's like I'm ready to be healthy for myself and I'm ready to not re-enter a relationship that's like this ever again in my life. How would you encourage them to navigate that space? Don't be afraid of being alone. Mm. That's, That's tough. Like find joy in being single. Um, uh, podcaster whom I love uh her name's Fran they call her hey Fran hey I remember I got a chance to speak uh to her face to face at an event and I asked her similarly a question that you asked me and you know she had been celibate for a long time and I'm like how do I stay away from people I'm trying to you know get through this and she's like you need to treat yourself the way you would treat your significant other Date yourself, you know, like really give yourself, pour into you all of the things that you would pour into someone else. And once I started doing that, baby, I'm like, well, being single is much better, (laughs) right? Honey, I am a good time. My one of my favorite things to do, especially when I lived in New York, because there's so much to do in New York. I would literally in the summer when Chris was visiting my parents would spend the day out with myself and I would go to a movie. I would listen to music. I would like have like lunch in places I wanted to have a, like, it was just, and I was like, I'm a good time. Like, right. Right. And don't be afraid of what that looks like. 
you know right that's the hard part people are like I want to be you know looking like I don't got nobody I'm like that's not the problem I have for me it's not quantity it's quality right hello yeah (laughs) Yeah. if I need to say that again that's what I say that I'm just trying to go on girls trips and have me a gentleman caller from time to time. From as time needed. to time. As right? needed. Because, I mean, but seriously, I, I just planned a trip for my birthday, a solo trip, going on a yoga retreat. Because I was like, I don't even care. Don't nobody want to go with me. Y'all don't want to go. That's fine. I'm going to be out of the country on my birthday. So if you can't reach me, this is why. And I'll see y'all when I get back. But mm. it's like being free to do that. I would have never done that in my 20s. Not for real as liberated as I was like <laughs> I still would have needed somebody to be a tag along and now I'm like if don't nobody want to go I want to do this I'm still gonna go and I think that is a journey to self that kind of everyone has to go to especially in the space that we're in as a society specifically as black women I feel like it's like we are we're tired of being everybody's mama doctor trauma healer like life coach is like man we are so like I don't think I get asked more from anybody else what my self-care looks like each day than from my other black women friends Mm -hmm. because we are all so invested in like our actual holistic health in a way that I don't think any other generation has been which is beautiful because, I mean, I would love for my mother have, to have had this type of space to exist in because I know she didn't or like even her friends. So I guess like my final question before we go into the lightning round is like, what do you hope for yourself like in the future in regards to your healing journey and relationships and how you like move forward into whatever the next relationship might be? That's a good question. I don't think I really processed it because I was so busy healing. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely take a second to think about that. I feel like uh, I'm big on like ebb and flow, right? I want it to feel easy. I want it to feel natural. Um, I want to be in a space where I'm not having to give up so many pieces of me you know, to accommodate or acquiesce to you, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, resent this other person. Um, I want someone to be able to provide for me the amount of grace and space that I come into situations with. Um, Don't hold me to impossible standards, right? Um, Yeah, so just just that space of grace and the the biggest thing is dealing with someone who has who has done the work or is at least at the very least willing to there are more um brothers and I typically exclusively date brothers but um there are more I got a preference right there are more black men who are starting to understand that doing the work is important, whether it's, you know, um, professional licensed professional therapists, whether it's uh, life coaches, right? Um, Or even willing to read the books and let's talk about it, right? Just someone who, because it's a lifelong journey, 
This isn't like, yeah. I'm going to take therapy and now I'm good. Like, I need someone who is willing to go through those peaks and valleys, um, you know, together. And if not, if for whatever reason that doesn't happen, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So are there any last thoughts you want to leave with our listeners before we get into this lightning round? Any last, like, aha moments you've had? Mm, I don't know. I'll let you know if I think of anything, but. That's so funny. <laughs> and I'm typically. Well, then. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no. Well, then let's get into this lightning round. So as quickly as you can answer these questions. So what is one thing that you are most proud of you've achieved in life? Uh, my friends that I always say they're the best part of me. And that includes like my sister, we live together. We bought this house together. Like she's my friend, you know, Yeah. my family home, I would consider friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is your number one goal in 2022? Graduate. <laughs> <laughs> almost there. My mom sent me a text message like, okay, I'm going to send you the money for your uh, regalia, your cap and gown. And uh-huh. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. Yo, that's dope. AF. Cheers to you. Um, okay. Where do you see yourself in five years? I'm terrible at that type of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Where would you like to be in five years? The answer to this, you're going to hate. Well, I don't know. The answer is honestly happy. That's it. It's that simple. Like I'm happy. I'm traveling. I'm eating the best foods. You know, like it's such all the cancer stuff. Um, Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yes. And that. (laughs) I'm in love um with whatever version of myself that has come forward at that time like instead of being mm-hmm. disappointed in myself but I'm I'm experiencing like yeah you're in a you're in a really good place that's yeah. why I'm five years that's what's up okay so what first impression do you want people to have when they meet you want them to have um mm-hmm. I want people to feel like I am a safe space. That is always my intention. Usually that that's the case. <laughs> yeah. And then what quote do you live by and why? Hmm. I live by so many quotes. Um, I guess lately, I've been going by, it does not have to be perfect. It just has to be done. (laughs) Oh, and that's a whole, say that again, because that is a whole word. It is a word. It is a word. You know, I have a million things to do every day. And if I get caught up in it being to the London gold standard, I'll never get anything done. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much. Let people know where they can find you on the interwebs, on the social medias. um, And I'll share it all in the show notes too. I guess you can start at my IG is just, um, hey, Auntie London. London is spelled Um, Mm L-U-N-D-E-N. But yeah, 
And that'll connect you to everything else. All right. Well, we will get you all connected. And any last words before we sign off for the day? Um, I just hope you all are having a beautiful journey. I hope that, you know, the biggest thing that I'm thinking about now as I'm working on boundaries in my work life, that's another podcast for another day. But um, the biggest thing is trying to remember the lessons I learned in quarantine, the start of COVID, right? About work-life balance and not getting caught up um, in all of my previous ways of being. Again, that connection to just because you can, you know, work like this and do these types of things and make it all look seamless doesn't mean that's healthy. Doesn't mean it's right. Right. And so I guess it all connects, you know, my boundaries in my personal life are now bleeding into my boundaries in my professional life. And that's its own very interesting journey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we definitely will. And, you know, we'll probably have you back on season three or four eventually. But yeah, I mean, there are just continued conversations that always need to happen so anybody listening i hope this really did resonate with you if you're going to something similar and please tune in next week for another episode of trauma and triumph and there you have it friends another episode of trauma and triumph Thank you so much for joining us again this week. And if you're liking what you're hearing so far, feel free to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon Music. See you next week for another triumphant story.